What? Can't an essential employee take a smoking break? I know, I know. Smoking kills, right? But let me tell you about something even more deadly and common than smoking. A recent study showed that those who self-report as being lonely, it has a negative impact on their health equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. This feeling of being alone, of being abandoned, this loss of connectedness, or using the words that Jesus used in today's gospel, this feeling of becoming an orphan, is something that's common to many of us. During this coronavirus crisis, we may feel this feeling because we are not able to be close to our friends and family like we were before. Or maybe it's because we're not receiving the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Or still, for others, we might be feeling like orphans today due to being children whose parents have been lost or other loved ones who we built our lives around. This is the same feeling the disciples started having creeping into their hearts during the Last Supper as Jesus started to prepare them for his departure from them. This was the man who they built their lives around having left their family, their jobs, their homes to follow him. And now, he's leaving them? Jesus spoke these words to his disciples then and now. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. For those disciples, as they are in the midst of the crisis of Jesus, getting ready to leave them, It had to be hard for them to see how this promise Jesus made was actually going to play out in their lives. Similarly, for us today in the midst of this crisis, it may be hard for some of us to figure out how Jesus is going to fulfill his promise of coming to us and not leave us feeling abandoned like orphans. It's often hard in the midst of the crisis to see how God makes his presence known to us. But it is when we look back to the crisis of another day that becomes clear how God fulfills his promise to be with his people. So even in the midst of a crisis, even when it feels like our world is crashing down upon us, God comes to be with his people. September 11, 2001 in New York City was a day such as this. In the midst of the crisis, from the terrorists taking planes and crashing them into the Twin Towers, God came and made his presence known to his people. This is a story about a man and a woman in the dust of a day. The man who was the first and the woman who was the last. The first. He was one of the first to arrive at the World Trade Center and is believed to be the only priest to enter into the Twin Towers that day. Upon arriving at the scene, he saw an office worker laying abandoned and alone near death. Undoubtedly feeling abandoned as every person was running away from that person, fleeing from the burning building. But as Christ's representative that day, he came to that office worker and provide the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Then he saw a firefighter near, laying near death alone, and he came to the side of that firefighter 
and anointed him as well. Then the south tower of the World Trade Center collapsed, killing New York Fire Department chaplain Father Michael Judge, making him the first official casualty after the attacks. Some might look at Father Michael's decision to enter the World Trade Center that day and say to themselves, what might have been if Father Michael had not gone to the World Trade Center that day and entered the Twin Towers? But I challenge you to reframe that question. To say, what might have been if Father Michael had not made God's presence known to those people that day? so that they did not die feeling alone and abandoned. In his homily, just the day before, Father Michael said, you do what God has called you to do. You show up. You put one foot in front of the other. You get on the rig. You go out. You do the job. You have no idea when you get on that rig no matter how big the call, no matter how small, you have no idea what God is calling you to. But he needs you. He needs me. He needs all of us. The last. Janelle Guzman said, I've been in onerous situations before, but never one that was 100% hopeless. That was the worst part, the feeling of hopelessness. No matter which direction I turned, there was no escaping it. We had come so close to getting out. We had traveled down more than 50 floors. And yet, as I fell to my knees, there was nothing I could do. As I fell to my knees, and the, the world, North Tower of the World Trade Center fell on top of me. As I crawled into fetal position, I placed my hands around my head. I clenched my teeth, closed my eyes, held my breath. There was no escaping it. There was no shelter to hide under because it was my shelter that was beating me down. I was hammered in the ground by over 90 stories of a free-falling building. After what seemed like forever, the crashing stopped. It was silent. Complete darkness. Was I dead? There was no sound. I couldn't see anything. I felt pain from my head to my toe. It was like I was sealed in a coffin, and I had no cell phone. It was in the midst of that complete solitude that I saw my life more clearly than ever. Was I going to die here? That distinct possibility triggered thoughts of my own mortality and my own faith, or lack thereof. You see, I was born and raised Catholic and went to church for the first 28 years of my life. In addition to being baptized in the Catholic faith, I also received the sacraments of reconciliation, Holy Communion, and confirmation. But when I moved to New York City, 
I hadn't been to church at all. I'd been mentally distant from God as I focused on me and the material things of life. But as I laid in that coffin, I realized that I felt no connection to God. I realized in that moment that I needed to view this makeshift grave I was in as my confessional. God, it's Janelle. I'm in a difficult situation right now, and I need your help. This felt like a huge step in the right direction, admitting that. And then I started to pray, followed by the Our Father, continued on with Hail Mary, Glory Be, the act of contrition, then Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I was getting breathless. I asked God for a miracle. I asked him to save me. I was able to free my hand and make a hole above me. Then I felt a hand grab mine. He called me by my name. He said, Janelle, I've got you. Later, they told me that I'd been buried for 27 hours. They said, do you know that you were the last survivor pulled from the rubble? I'd been praying for 27 hours. I felt completely different. I felt a total conviction that the Holy Spirit was working in me and changed my life. From that day on, I've been serving the Lord with my life. Brothers and sisters, no matter how hopeless the situation we find ourselves in, God wants us to make his presence known to his people. Even when we're lying in a pile of rubble, and no person can make Christ's presence physically known to us. Even then, God has given us the gift of the Advocate, which Jesus promised the disciples in the Last Supper. The Advocate to be the Holy Spirit to come to us, even in those darkest hours. God wants that Holy Spirit that we received first in our baptism, and received even fuller when we were confirmed. He wants that Holy Spirit to animate our lives, to move us to help our brothers and sisters in need when they need it the most. And even in those situations where God feels like he can't make his presence known in our lives, he is still there with the Holy Spirit making his presence known to us and our brothers and sisters in need. It was the same spirit that God first used to create the first life when he formed man out of the dust and breathed his spirit into him. And it is the same Holy Spirit that God is using to bring new, beautiful life out of the dust, even during our lifetime. When we received the, the Holy Spirit for the first time when we were baptized, we became members of the mystical body of Christ. 
When we received and became believers and became part of that body of Christ, God wants us to act and make his presence known throughout the world to all our brothers and sisters in need. So whether it be through a phone call or making some socially distanced visits to our friends and loved ones in need, we all have God's work to do. So now is not the time to take a smoking break. Because when it comes to doing Jesus' work today, we are all essential workers.